TikTok is still not banned in the US. But before we jump into why, hi, I'm Ariel from App Figures, and you're tuned into a fresh episode of This Week in Apps. The US has been talking about banning Chinese-owned TikTok for a few years now. It got tense there for a minute in 2020, but it wasn't banned after all. Congress continued to try, but no ban was in sight until the end of 2022, when the US finally banned TikTok on government devices. A small but interesting move that serves very little to prevent usage data from leaving US borders, as TikTok's data collection extends far beyond its flagship apps. I'll drop a link to an article you just have to read to know what I'm talking about. Things started looking a bit grimmer last week after Congress, again, highlighted the tight relationship between TikTok and China. But just like in previous episodes, I don't expect a ban to actually take place for one very big reason. Money. Money talks and in politics, money screams. TikTok makes a lot of that from the US. Not only that, the rate at which revenue from its iOS app is growing is so fast, it's as if the company is simply printing money. According to our app intelligence, TikTok's net revenue from the App Store, not including revenue from China, was just a rounding error away from $1 billion last year. And that's after TikTok paid Apple for the privilege of being in the App Store. I specifically chose to focus on the App Store and included all countries except for China because TikTok's main revenue driver is the US. And if it's banned here, it'll likely get banned in many other countries like it has been on government devices in the UK, in New Zealand over the last month. Obviously, it's not gonna get banned in China, so I did not include it, obviously. But remember I said revenue was growing fast? In 2021, TikTok's net revenue from the App Store was just $256 million. And I say just, because while very high, that's only a quarter of 2022's whole. That kind of growth gives TikTok a lot of flexibility in dealing with a potential ban, plus a big incentive to not let it happen by any means necessary. I have to point out, this insight only looks at the revenue TikTok earns directly through its iOS app, which is a fraction of its total revenue. The conclusion isn't any different though, so this should make sense. Do you think a TikTok ban is coming? Or do you think the government should instead come up with better privacy regulations? Let me know in the comments below. I'm pretty sure neither will happen. It just, it's too much work. Next on my list is one of the hottest topics on Twitter right now. In a very short span of just about four months, AI has made its way into the mainstream thanks to the magic of ChatGPT. It's become so mainstream that it's now a political issue. From a maker entrepreneur standpoint, there's something even more interesting than the black box that ChatGPT is, and that's how seemingly everyone is now building AI into their products or even whole products using OpenAI's technology. I'm a builder at heart and seeing so many thin wrappers that have little competitive advantage will be a very interesting case study in a year when first mover advantages disappear and the hype dies down. If you're also a builder, give the episode a like. It only takes a click. But right now what I'm watching is the number of new chatbot apps that are shipping to the App Store and to Google Play. According to Explorer, or a search engine for apps, 405 apps with chatbot in their name were released since January across the App Store and Google Play. For comparison, only 70 apps that match the keyword were released in 2022, and 20 of those were released in December as part of the ChatGPT craze, so they don't really count. Developers tend to react to new things like this quickly, but this is even faster than before. And on the other end, users are eating it up. 
Top apps from this list have earned more than a million dollars so far. That's wild. It's not TikTok money, but still quite a bit, and it reminds me a lot of widgets back from a few years ago. From a developer standpoint, it's interesting to see the power a platform can offer when it builds the core functionality, but not necessarily the end product. OpenAI APIs are now powering apps, platforms, and features across products OpenAI just wouldn't be able to make all on their own in the short amount of time that those products took to launch. In a way, I see that as the competitive advantage OpenAI has over rival Google, who's clearly in panic mode, but obviously has so much invested in the end products, way more than wanting to be the API that powers everyone else's end product. So Bard, as a product, is at a very big disadvantage. Have you tried Bard? Did it work for you? Google wouldn't let me for some reason, so all I know is what I see on Twitter. Maybe they'll get fixed at some point. Switching gears to a current event. News broke yesterday that Cash App, which is owned by Block, which you might know as Square, is in trouble as a result of a variety of shady business practices. The report came from notorious short seller Hindenburg Research, which managed to drop Block stock by as much as 15% nearly instantly. That's just crazy. There are a lot of allegations in the report which Block rejects, but putting those aside, a short seller targeting a company can only mean one thing, growth. Is that the case? Let's have a look at Cash App's downloads. I normally prefer not to skip to the conclusion right away, but this is a little bit of an exception. See, since 2017, Cash App's downloads rose nearly 10x according to our estimates. Downloads started at around 500,000 in 2018 and rose nicely year over year, but the real growth started in mid-2021 with downloads more than doubling between June of 2021 and July of 2022. Such growth in a fairly static niche where PayPal is still popular it is a good way to earn a big target on your back. But Hindenburg's report talked about fraud related to COVID stimulus payments, which happened in that same time period. So maybe there's more to it. Before we continue on to another timely insight, do you like the episode so far? If so, don't forget to give it a like and subscribe to the channel for more like this. Let's continue. The next insight on the list can only happen, only happen in this one niche, maybe. Last month, I looked at the overnight success of Prayer Up Hollow. Thanks to a massive Apple search ads campaign, celebrity endorsements, and Lent, the app soared to the top of the downloads chart in the US App Store for a short bit and added almost a million new users in a few days. That's downloads. Interesting, but not as interesting as revenue slow. Let's talk about money. Huddle charges a monthly subscription costing $8.99, and now that we're a month after its download spike, exactly a month, we can see how those downloads turned into revenue. The easy answer is very well. According to our revenue estimates, Hollow's App Store revenue rose to $780,000 on Wednesday in one day, exactly a month after the big download spike. And that's net, meaning what Hollow gets to keep after Apple takes its share. Given its subscription price, this is an amazing trial conversion rate of nearly everyone. The drop-off will probably come later, but for now, this is just wow. Religion and maybe sports are the only categories I'd expect to see such numbers. On a side note, Hollow is doing something interesting with its subscription I haven't seen many developers do. Instead of just offering a free trial, Hollow offers a free 7-day trial or a 50% discount on the first full month for the user to decide. Discounted subscriptions are a new-ish feature, but 
Very, very powerful, and when used correctly, can do so much more for a company than free trials. The psychology of deciding between the two is really, really interesting, and I'd love to see a write-up from anyone who tries this. If you try this, let me know in the comments if it worked for you and what are some of the conclusions that you have. I'm just really, really curious. And last for this week is an insight with a little bit of a twist. Let's see if you can guess what it is before I say it. LinkedIn's mobile app revenue has been on an up and to the right journey for several years now, growing as much as 5x since 2020. I wrote about LinkedIn's growth a few times in the last year, but its continued revenue growth, which I don't see making the news as much, is nothing short of amazing considering what it's up against. It's hard to think of LinkedIn as social media, but that's really what it is. Although it started as a network for professionals, LinkedIn today looks and feels a lot like every other social media platform out there. There's a feed, there are mentions, and there's an algorithm you have to please in order to get your posts, content, to get visibility. And much like Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, LinkedIn is in a league of its own that can't easily be duplicated, so competition is not going to happen. But back to revenue for a moment so you know what I'm talking about. In April of 2020, right as COVID took over, LinkedIn's iOS app brought in $5 million of net revenue from the App Store, according to our estimates. It was earning a bit more in January, but not enough to significantly change my conclusion, so let's ignore that for now. Revenue was growing, but not by that much throughout 2020 and 2021, but in 2022... Growth moved faster and the trend was steeper. Working from home has changed so many things for so many employees, but also how employers hire, both, or benefit LinkedIn, which has been owned by Microsoft since 2016. Did you know that? According to our estimates, LinkedIn's net revenue from the App Store rose from a little over $10 million in January of 2022 to more than $27 million in January of 2023, 2.7x growth in a single year, and that's net, meaning what Microsoft gets to keep after giving Apple its share. And now that we've established LinkedIn as another social media platform, I have to say it's the best at monetizing. That's my twist. Compare these numbers to Twitter Blue and Snapchat Plus, the latest attempts at monetizing a social network, and you see they pale in comparison. Now, before you tell me that's because Twitter Blue and Snapchat Plus don't give nearly as much value as LinkedIn's premium subscription, I'll pause you and say, I know. And just like that, we've reached the end of this week's roundup. I hope you've learned something new. Oh, if you're spending any money on Apple search ads or are thinking about it and don't want to burn your cash, you should give my latest live stream a watch. I talked about different ways for how to not do that. Definitely worth it. I'll see you next week.